You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, good morning. Um, I do have a couple things that I want to uh, share with you this morning. This little cutie pie, see him? He has a little collar that says Bible Buddy, HBC Kids. On the back is his, for his little name. Next Sunday, we are doing, and his little adoption certificate, his name's Penguin so far. He's got to get a name, but it says uh, Certificate of Adoption. I promise to take care of my new animal by reading the Bible to it every day. And um, this is the Jesus Storybook Bible. So this is happening next Sunday. Parents is our... um, Pet adoption, it's just a stuffed animal, so you're safe. But we are going to, uh, you know, we want to get the kids into the Word of God every day, man. And so we kind of have a clever little way for them to have a little Bible buddy that they can read to every day. How could you not want to read and snuggle with this little guy? He's so cute. There's about 14 different animals, and it's going to be a lot of fun. They're actually going to make blankets for them um, in class. I'll be teaching next week with them, and... um, we're going to talk about, you know, daily what it means to read the Word of God. What is it? What what happens when I read the God Word of Word of God every day? What does the Word of God do for me? So we want to really teach the kids that there's power in God's Word, and this is just a beginner little one, but it's fun, and the pictures are cute, and um, I love this one because this one brings out Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. It, it, it emphasizes God's big picture has always been Jesus, right? Salvation has come to earth. And so that will be next Sunday, parents, be sure. Um, grandparents, let your kids know, your grandkids know. And I do not want to see any of you adults in that line. I only got so many animals, but he's so cute. I, I wouldn't blame you if you did. But um, anyway, that will be next Sunday. Well, we have some things happening in the world right now, right? And, um, you know, I want to I read a scripture to you out of uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. It says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people and ask God to help them, to intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. For pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved, everyone to be saved, amen, and to understand the truth. For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. For he gave his life to purchase freedom for just Americans. That's not what it says. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Um, So we, we want to, this morning, we want to intercede on behalf of the nation of Ukraine. Amen? And, um, and also Russia, because, you know, the Russian people, you know, I don't believe the Russian people are involved in this. I think there's a um, dictator on the move here, my, my personal opinion. But, um, you know, we need to pray for the Ukrainian people because God is a, he's a God of freedom. He's a God that wants people to worship. And, you know, and there's a, there's a division in the Ukrainian thought process, two different worldviews. One is that, that they, you know, they're kind of under the concept that to be under, you know, authority and submission. And then there's the other worldview that they, they do want freedom and to have more of a democratic. So we just want to pray. God's always for freedom. 
And we want to lift up Ukraine today. You know, I have a personal interest in it. My son, you know, he's been in Ukraine. He just, by the grace of God, hearing Mama's little prayers, apparently, his visa ran out on the 23rd. And so he came back on the 21st, I think it was. Barely got out of the country because he was forced to come out of the country or he would have stayed. And, um, but he has, uh, his future wife is in Ukraine and he was also working on a business there. And so he's very, very sad and his, uh, their family is in hiding, of course, from what's happening. And so, um, good friends of ours, uh, Gerald and Connie Oliver have brought to us. They, they also have ministries in Ukraine. Could you guys uh, just stand? They're even wearing Ukrainian colors today. I love this. This is Gerald and Connie Oliver. Good friends, um, and they have a lot of, you know, they've been ministering in Ukraine for many years, and um, I remember years back, I, I helped with them. Uh, they were going into Ukraine to minister, and so they actually brought us the Ukrainian flag today, which we are going to stand on our feet. You know, God's word tells us to, to pray, right? So let's all stand, and uh, God said, call upon me, right? And I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things thou knowest not. He said, seek my face when you pray. I mean, God does nothing apart from us asking and praying. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. So it's our duty as a child of God to make intercession for people. And we want to pray, you know, pray uh, the peace of God on that nation. So I've already asked Miss Julia if she would come up and then Gerald and, and Connie, could I put you on the spot maybe to hold the other end of the flag for me? Um, and we just want to lift it up. I imagine the blue goes on top as the, she said it was the blue sky. So, and uh, Miss Julia, if you don't know, um, Gerald and Connie, she is a prayer warrior for the nations. And so she's, it's good for her to be, um, you know, can you guys come up here behind me? So, um, <clears throat> so the camera would be able to see you too. There's power in prayer. Amen. amen. You know, um, remember, uh, Jehoshaphat, remember when all the nations were coming against him? You know, he, he began to seek God and ask God for counsel. And God said, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. You know, God, for years and years and years, has defended Israel mightily and powerfully. And I believe God can do the same thing, do supernatural things for the country of Ukraine. All right, let's just hold that flag up. All of you, stretch your hands towards this way. Um, hey, sweetheart, can you come stand with me? All right, Father, we just want to thank you. And you just pray. Pray where you're at. Father, we just want to thank you this morning for the nation of Ukraine. And God, we just, we just represent it. We lift this flag as a point of faith, as a point of contact this morning for this people, for these, these beautiful people, Father God. And Lord, right now, we just pray protection. We just pray a covering around them. God, you just said in your word that we are supposed to pray for peace. And so, Father, we do. We pray for peace for the country of Ukraine. We ask, and you said to pray that we might pray for the kings. And God, I thank you that, Lord, you can turn the hearts of the kings. You can turn the hearts of Putin, God. You can turn the hearts of the nations. And so, Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that you would sovereignly intervene in this crisis. Lord, that you would begin to move and turn the hearts of the leaders of the nations to support God and come undergird Ukraine, Father, right now, in Jesus' mighty name. We lift up the people right now that are there. We lift up the pastors, God, and all the missionary workers and all those that are there that remain to serve the God. 
you would give them strength. God, you would give them provision today, God. You would just, I, I listened to Connie as she said this morning that, that some of them are hiding down in the church basement and they found some wheat and they're making bread. And it just reminded me of the story of how you multiplied the, the little wheat and the oil. And God, they were able, to, she was able to make God uh, bread. And so God, multiply it. We ask that you would multiply this wheat. You would multiply it. That God, it just wouldn't run out. That they'd be able to meet the supply of all them that have need this morning, God. Oh, we pray for courage. Courage in every heart of the Ukrainians. Courage in every man that's fighting. Courage in every woman that's fighting. Courage in every leader of their government, God. That they would have strength and support this morning, Father, in the name of Jesus. We pray for unity. Unity as a nation. That God, that they be unified. And we ask God that, Lord, you would cause them to lift their eyes into the hills from whence come with their help. That they would know, God, that you alone are the one that could truly fight for them and bring them the victory and the freedom that you so desire to bring in this country. Oh, we thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we do lift up the Russian people too, God. They don't want this war. And God, we just we just speak peace among these nations. Lord, and we know that it's the prince of the power of the air. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. We know who the one is the enemy, the, the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we come against him in the mighty name of Jesus. And we declare the power of the blood of Jesus. And we ask that you would release an angel army on behalf of these nations, Father, right now. In Jesus' name, that you would divert bombs, that you would divert missiles, Father God, that you would cause guns not to work, God, that you would cause, Father, all the violence to be brought down. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we pray, we agree together, Father. Amen and amen. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. How many believe in the power of prayer? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, God is amazing. He's given us avenues in which we can communicate and get a hold of Him and do some things. And so we thank God for that. Amen. But not only are we going to pray for the nations, you know. One of the things, of course, we have a personal interest in that with Jared and his uh, future wife and family and stuff, and we've been over there and stuff. But also, there's a, there's a lot of great folks in the Ukraine, a lot of great Christians, uh, you know, not only just, but many, many, many. In fact, uh, you may not know this, but uh, there are more churches in all of Europe pastored by Ukrainians than there is any other nation. Okay, so uh, uh, because of what goes on. And it's kind of funny, you know, my mom who went home to be with the Lord in December, her two missions trips were to Ukraine where she was, you know, to over there. And because she was a nurse, she was able to do things and go over there. And she loved being there and loved helping them. And, uh, uh, and so there's a lot of things. So what we want to do is we're going to endeavor to do right now, which we haven't done. You know, I was looking at to do something. We're actually going to take an offering for the Ukraine and get avenues of getting there. You know, you, you have to be very careful where you, you send or what you do and who you're connected, but there are connections of getting things uh, by way of, of the secret passages of getting things to them. 
so that they can have food. You know, that's one of the things that they're going to need because everything got shut off. There's no gasoline, no food. All the SWIFTs, you know, all of the direct money going in is canceled in Russia and in Ukraine. You can't send any money. So I said, well, if you take an offering, where's it going to go? Well, we're going to get it to the right people who can get it to the right people who can get it around the corner. And uh, the cool thing is, is knowing that, amen? And so I know you didn't come prepared. This is all thrown on you. But I also was checking up when was the last time we actually took an offering up for anything mission-wise. And it's been several years, believe it or not, because you guys always, we just give to missions. We do things. We just, you know, we've given, we've sown. We, when when, when uh, Beirut, Lebanon was bombed and all the things there, we sent thousands of dollars over there. When anytime there is anything, we just do it. Because I want to I get, you know, things that go to your account. But today, I just felt that you needed to be a part and that we can be a blessing. And uh, you may have to do this by your phone like I'm going to have to do. And uh, if you are giving, or those of you giving online, you just earmark the one that says missions on there. Those of you, if you're going to give by text, you just, when you text your thing, you just put missions on there, you know, and it works real good. And if you're going to give cash or check or something, and you take an offering, you take an offering envelope, you fill it out. Amen. And we're just going to believe God and sow seeds and get this in the right hands because, believe it or not, you know, there's people, no matter what goes on, they've lost uh, income, they've lost uh, the ability, but praise God that we want to be a blessing and help. And it's going to go to all the Christians. Because you know, you know, there's Christians in Russia, there's Christians in the Ukraine. Of course, we're going to help those that are in the Ukraine right now, but, you know, praise God. Uh, and uh, it's funny because... A friend of mine who's Rick Renner, you know, he got on and he basically said, hey, we're in Russia. We're in, you know, right now during all this and we're in, we're, we're in perfect peace because we're in the perfect will of God. We're not the ones going to war. And if you didn't know, there's this big uprising in Russia where St. Petersburg that they're protesting. They don't want to be at war either because they know that they're the ones that are going to get hurt. How many of you know it's not the people that are out there doing things and going to battle, even though the soldiers, die, but it's, it's, it's all of the civilians, it's everybody else that, that basically gets hurt in this. And so uh, they're the innocent victims, and so we want to be a blessing to them. Amen? Amen? So hallelujah, glory to God. If you need an envelope right there, they're right there. If you got your phones, you got to do your phones. They're going to put this thing up here again for you, and we're going to be a blessing. Amen? Amen. And so I always have to pay attention, because if I don't pay attention, you know, uh, you know, got to make sure we don't put the wrong decimal in the wrong place. So it, it's all good. Amen. So praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. And we want to be a blessing. We want to be able to sow good seed into good ground. Amen. So hallelujah. Amen. And uh, glory to God. We're going to go from there and see how it goes. God is good. And if you weren't prepared, that's okay. You can bring, you can give. You know, we have a missions account. We have things we're going to do. Hallelujah. Because online, it takes a little bit of time to get there. And so we have to make sure that we get it all there. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So let's pray because we want to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you're such a great God. And Father, we're all part of the family of God. The whole family of God universal. And Lord, we thank you that as we sow seed, and even though it may not be much, but Father, it's that seed that's sown that can be multiplied and be increased. How do you can take how do the smallest thing and you can cause it to become a great thing. And so Lord, thank you for Harvest Bible Church and thank you for these folks that are giving, that are giving of their heart and giving them of their finances to be a blessing so that Father... Hallelujah. They can see the hand of God. It's the body of Christ taking care of the body of Christ. 
Lord, we thank you that we're like the Macedonian church, Father, that we are giving fully and we're giving even beyond our measure because you're such a great God and you've blessed us here. You've caused blessings to flow in our lives. And so, Lord, thank you for that. And Lord, we do thank you that as each person purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. And Lord, we honor you for it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Aren't you glad we're going to, like I said, we're going to hear testimonies after testimonies about what God has done, his provisions. You may not hear them over over national news, but you're going to hear them about what God is doing. And, uh, you know, even being where I was at, there's a... like I said, there's a lot of things that are there. Uh, the organization that I'm connected with actually has two schools in the Ukraine. And the directors were, of course, had gotten out and they were there at the meetings. And so he got up and gave us a report of what was going on, what was happening, when it was happening. And uh, so, uh, you know, letting us know. And then just the testimonies of how God's protecting and how God's doing. So, you know, it's an amazing thing. No matter what the enemy tries to do, God's going to raise up a standard. And you know what? The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. You understand that? That's the joy of it. And we've got to be that. We've got to be like, you know, remember Paul was, he collected an offering from the church at Corinth. He collected an offering from Philippi. He collected those because there was this great famine in Jerusalem. Remember, he sent those guys on ahead to make sure that the Corinthians didn't, didn't, you know, didn't boast real big things and didn't follow through. You remember that? He said, now, when we get there, we're bringing every, when we get there, we don't want to be embarrassed. That's what he was saying. He said, you better, you know, you guys both did a big thing. He said, but I want to let you know about the churches over here in Macedonia. They actually gave, and they actually gave beyond their measure. Amen? Hallelujah. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. This sermon is by way of my wife here. She asked me a spiritual question yesterday as she was going out to have fun. And, uh, <laughs> with her with her two dogs absolutely shopping yes you know and not grocery shopping but anyways uh so but anyways uh and so she asked me a question and we were talking about some things because she was listening to a uh message while she was driving down the road and so some things but also it's incredibly important right now for what we're dealing with you know have you ever felt helpless about things, you know, when we were endeavoring to try to convince her son to come home and not be a part, even before this, whenever the United States was saying, get everybody out of there, he kept saying, everybody here, there's, nothing's going to happen. Everybody here says nothing's going to happen. Now we're just going about daily things. There's nothing. Nobody's concerned about anything until the day it happened. And... Uh, and he kept saying, oh, I can get out anytime. I can get out anytime until he tried to get out. And then he realized, I can't get out. Now, the cool thing is, is that I have friends in every country of the world. So the cool thing about that is we were able to contact and communicate with a few other folks and said, listen, if he can come here, if he can do this, or we get him here, we'll be able to do some things. And uh, so, but he figured out that he could go to, he ended up going through Istanbul, Turkey, 
And the Turkish airline was the only airline flying out of Europe and actually flew him to San Francisco. So, uh, you know, and that's just because his mama was praying. <laughs> you, know, you kind of think it deserves him right. He gets stuck there. But I was thinking, hey, I'm glad he didn't get stuck there. Just kidding. He would have liked to have gotten stuck there. Bless his heart. But, uh, but we're glad he's here. And, you know, the thing about prayer and understanding, and what I want to talk to you about is the difference between prayer and authority this morning. A lot of times for us as Christians and knowing and understanding our authority, we try to take authority over things when we should be praying. And then there's other times we try to pray about things that we should actually just be taking authority or exercising our authority. Amen. See, God's given us some things for us and for what we need to do where we're at. But then also he's given us the ability to pray and to ask God to intervene. You know, in the Old Testament, they had to pray and ask God because they didn't have the spirit of God on the inside of them. Jesus hadn't defeated the devil. He hadn't, you know, rose from the dead. He hadn't took the, the keys of death and hell from the enemy. He didn't say in Matthew 28, all authority has been given unto me and I give you the authority. You go, you make disciples, you go. And uh, wherever the soles of your feet go, you get to tread upon. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible declares some things of what we have. You know, Jesus told those 70 when they went out, he said, I've given you power over the scorpion and over all the power of the enemy. Did God ever take that back? No, no, no. He increased it. He gave it. He put his spirit on the inside of us so that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. But we've got to know when we can exercise authority and when we have to have God intervention. Amen. Here in, in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, and uh, let's look at verse 19. I'm going to read it to you out of the King James, then I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living because I think it maybe it'll explain a little bit there. Um, but in verse 19, it says, having therefore, brethren, boldness, to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast the profession or the confession of our faith without wavering. Why? For he is faithful that promised. Amen. And in verse 24, he says, and let us consider one another and to to provoke unto love and unto good works. The New Living Translation says this, It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. And by his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with the Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusting to keep his promise, and let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and of good works. Amen? Now let's go over to Ephesians uh, chapter 1. I'm going to give you two sets of scriptures here, and then, we're going to, then we'll just share from our hearts here. I'm going to teach today in a little bit, because I want you to understand your authority. We need, as the body of Christ, God's put the church in the earth to do the things it needs to do. And if the church would actually rise up and be the church, wow. 
what a mighty moving force we'd have. But the church is so divided because we're coming against this one or that one or thinking, well, why should we help them and why should we do that? Isn't that amazing? You know, I remember when I uh, took over as the regional director. Well, no, I didn't take over. I actually was the very first regional director of the whole Northeast in the United States from Pennsylvania up and then all the way through the, to the tip of Maine. And I had a lot of different... But when I got up into the New England area, uh, a lot of guys had been up there for many years. And so when I got up there to talk to the guys that they graduated from the same school that I graduated and we were trying to get a ministerial organization... Those folks had an amazing attitude. They basically said, you are from 99 and gone, gone. So you're in Pennsylvania. You have no idea what it's like to be over up here. You have no idea what's going on up here and what we're having to deal with in the cold New England. I said, no, I may not know what's going on up here, but we all learn from the same uh, uh, person, but we also have the same Bible. We have the same Jesus, and we're also supposed to be part of the same family. Amen. <laughs> so, so the key is if we're all working for the same goal and the same person, we should be able to get along. You know, it took a while, but we got them to warm up. But the problem was that anytime somebody new would try to go or try to go help, they said, well, let them do it by themselves. We don't want to help them. Amen. And it's like, wait a minute, you got to help them. I mean, well, no, I had to make it on. Nobody helped me when I got started. Man, aren't you glad somebody helped you? Because you didn't, you know, you had to have somebody. Somebody came along that helped you to, to fulfill. There had to be things that take place. And here's the folks, we need to understand, we have to have the body of Christ. God's given us this new and living way. He's given us this thing here. He's told us we can boldly come in. He's given us that boldness. Why? Because through the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus is what cleanses us all. And it's what connects us all. Amen. It's what connects us all. Here in Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Aren't you glad that you're blessed? God has blessed us with all or every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You know, the book of Ephesians is a, is a really cool book because it, it talks about he, what God has done for you and what we have. Amen? It's actually a book of authority. It tells us what we can do in our current situations of how we can do Most people are always trying to take authority over the other person. And most people are trying to say, well, we're just going to take authority over the devil and that's it. It's done. No, we need to pray. We need to intercede. And how many of you know that prayer and intercession got kind of thwarted in the past because people got a little bit squirrely? How do you know any truth of the word of God can always be, get, get pushed to, a, to a, be an overbalance, can be pushed out of, and not work? You can take truths of anything and just push it over. People have taken faith and pushed it to this hyper faith, you know? And, and then people have taken uh, a grace, and boy, have they pushed that way over here that, you know, if it feels good, it's okay because I'm under grace, you know, and that can cause all kinds of difficulties and all kinds of problems, amen? And we've done that with prayer, we did that with intercession, we do that with authority, we do that with everything because we're human beings and we want to think we've got the revelation on everything, <sighs> And the Bible says we prophesy in part, we know in part, we see through a glass darkly. I'm thoroughly convinced when we all get to heaven, all of our theology is going to get corrected. I am thoroughly convinced about that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
but you're there at verse three. Let's go down to verse six. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said this. He said, you know, um, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. And he having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him, Verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his will or his own will. And then it says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. I mean, you know, we ought to be to the praise of his glory. We need to understand that God's plan, God's purposes for us is to take hold of his truths of the word of God and begin to apply it against the enemy, but again, to apply it to our lives. And thank God, God has given us authority. We have a right and a privilege. Most people don't understand that. So when they pray, they're praying in hope. And if they're praying Bible hope, that's the way they're supposed to pray. Because faith gives substance to the things that we hope for. That's an expectancy. But most people, they're just a wishing. Amen. Instead of standing and saying, God, you can intervene. God, and we know that God, he may not do it the exact way we think he should, but God's moving. God's protecting. God is doing things. If we'll stand in faith believing, God will turn things around for us. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, because one of the biggest problems is, is we won't understand authority with our, just our mind. You got to get a revelation in your heart. Amen. Now, you remember in Matthew chapter 8, go ahead and turn over to Matthew chapter 8, because I want to talk to you a little bit, I want to talk to you about that, because as Christians, we need to pray in faith. We need to believe God can move across the nation. God can move, God can do things, God's awesome. Amen? He can. Revelations chapter 8, and this is just, uh, I mean, Matthew chapter 8, excuse me, not Revelations, Matthew chapter 8, it's a revelation of authority. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 8. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll get it right. Y'all doing okay? Yeah. Hallelujah. I know I'm not jumping and shouting, but we're good. But we got, we got to do this because we need to, as the church prays, things happen. We don't want to be like the church that prayed for Peter to get delivered and then Peter gets delivered. They don't believe it. So when God does good things, we want to believe that, hey, God's answering our prayer. But we know the whole world is praying. We do know that. I mean, they are. There are people praying. I mean, I know that because you can see that, but what God's done. In Matthew chapter 8, in verse 5, it says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at, at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to them that followed, he goes, verily, or truly, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Because the man had a revelation, he said, listen, I'm a man of authority. He knew that Jesus was a man of authority. He knew that Jesus had authority over sickness. 
He knew that Jesus said, and he knew that Jesus's words were powerful. Just as he said, I'm a man, my words are powerful. When I say this, they do it. See, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says, but we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, they believed and therefore they spoke. We believe and therefore we speak. Amen? See, that's why prayer is a dialogue, but prayer is something we pray and we pray just as Pastor Pamela was praying and praying because we're believing for God's hand. Now, we know that, you know, the Russian people had nothing to do with it and the Ukrainian people didn't have anything to do. We know that it's people that are up in places and we know that it's the enemy that's behind everything. And we know that everybody wants us to be in wars. Everybody wants us to be at that. They want us all to come. They want us to blow this place up. That's what the devil wants. He wants to destroy the earth. He'd love for Russia to do nuclear things so that the United States gets involved. And so China, he'd love to blow up everybody. How many of you know that the devil doesn't like anybody? How many of you know he doesn't like anybody on his side? He, it's, it's the whole example of the tortoise and the scorpion. Do you remember that? You know, or the turtle and the scorpion where the scorpion is trying to convince the turtle to take him across the river. And, and the turtle said, yeah, but you'll sting me and we'll die. He said, but if I sting you, then I'll die. We'll both die. You know, he said, so he convinces them. They get halfway across and the scorpion stings them. And the turtle says, why did you do that? He goes, it's just my nature. I can't help it. You know, the devil can't help it. You know, the devil doesn't have any friends, right? He don't even like the demons that are hanging out with him. I mean, he just doesn't. I mean, it's, we look at this and we, you know, we can't comprehend because that's why you can't comprehend authority with your own mind. See, authority, and when I say this, how many know authority goes to people's heads? I just wish it'd go to your heart. I wish you'd get authority in your heart. See, and the only way to get authority in your heart is to get submission in your head. If you don't have a revelation of submission, if you don't have a revelation of what is, and see, when we submit to God and and we resist the devil, then he flees. See, the problem is we try to resist the devil and never submit to God. Because we think we can defeat the devil because we know what the word of God says. See, (laughs) I can defeat the devil. Why? Because Jesus defeated the devil. (laughs) Okay, it's the blood of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus, okay? Thank God for everything we can do. But that authority that I have is because I submit unto the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you never understand authority until you understand submission. And people get all nervous because nobody wants to submit to anybody else. I mean, in fact, everybody loves submission as long as you're submitting to me. <laughs> Amen. But Jesus marveled at his wine because this guy understood authority. And the funny thing about it is it wasn't that he understood, you know, uh, 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 these great revelations. He just said, I'm a man of authority. You're a man of authority because you got authority over this. All you got to do is speak the word. And I got, your words are the most powerful things that you have. The world's refrained by the word of God. And the word of God in your mouth is the same as the word of God in God's mouth because it's God's word. And that's what he's endeavoring to bring to us. Most people, they don't exercise authority in their own lives. Therefore, they don't think they have any authority anywhere else. Amen. I know I'm saying a mouthful. You're all trying to, I know your brain is working. I know that because this is something we need to know. We need to know. It's a matter of when can I exercise my authority to stop the enemy? And when do I need God's ability to come into me? Well, the key to that is, is knowing what the Bible says. See, in the book of Ephesians, now go back to the book of Ephesians, if you would, with me. Go back to Ephesians chapter 2. 
hallelujah. Good thing is, is that I know this is a good old-fashioned teaching, but that's okay. It's all good for us. It's good to understand and, and just really get this because you'll know, hey, when you're praying, it doesn't seem like anything's happening. You go, okay, time out. Is this a matter of authority? Is it a matter of prayer? Do I have a right to speak to the mountain? Do I have a right to speak to the storm? When the storm was coming and they came and they said, do you too care if we perish? Look at this. Did Jesus get up and say, now, Father? He didn't say that. He got up and the Bible says he spoke to the storm. First of all, he said to them, where's your faith? Oh, yeah. Where's your faith? Why didn't you speak to the storm? Well, they didn't know they had a right to speak to the storm. And that's the way most Christians are. They don't, have a, they don't understand that they have a right to do some things that God gave us authority. He said, gave authority. You know, Mark chapter 13 says the kingdom of God is like this. It's like a man that gave authority unto his servants. See, God gave us authority and you understand that. Our authority is because we're submitted to his authority. Amen. See, people get all, oh, they get, everybody, it's, it's the hardest thing in the world get people to get in, just stay in the middle of the road. Everybody gets on one ditch or the other. And I know that, you know. It, it, but, you know, it's hard to keep your car going this way. But you know how many you know you got little, little adjustments all the way through it and it'll help you? See, here in Ephesians chapter 2, in, and let's, um, let's begin reading in verse 4. He said, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he hath quickened us together, or has made us alive together with Christ. For by grace are you saved. Verse 6 is the one I wanted to get to. It says, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Amen? God has raised us up together. See, our authority is all based upon where we're seated. And we're seated at the right hand of the Father. Why? Because we're seated in Christ. See, you can't get any higher spiritually than you are right now. If you're born again, if you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you're seated at the highest authority in heaven right next to God. So why are you jockeying for position down here in the boat? Get out of the boat. Let's just walk on the water. Come on, let's get out. Let's let God be God. Amen? But we've got to exercise those things because, see, it's the knowledge of it. It's knowing of it to say, no, okay, I'm going to exercise the authority that God's given me. I'm going to tell the Satan to take his hands off of my body or take it off of my finances. Because we have authority in our own being. You know? Hallelujah. We've got to take hold of some things here before we can exercise authority outwardly. You know? And we have to be given right authority. Amen? You have to understand that So, because there's, there's levels and things that we can do. But right now, we need to understand for ourselves, but also know when we know when God needs to do it. See, when we're pay- praying for the body of Christ, we need God because we may not know how to pray. Amen? And unless the Holy Spirit helps us to do things and to take authority, then we can. Notice what verse 7 says. It says, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. God wants to show us the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us. But he wants us to understand that it's because he's raised us up together so that we can exercise our right as the body of Christ. Amen? Thank God that for by grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works, lest any man should boast. Hallelujah. But thank God we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Aren't you glad for good works that you got to do something? You got to go out. You got to act. You got to do. You did something, you know. See, 
God set Jesus at the right hand and God raised us up together with them. So we have all authority. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. So you go and you make disciples. Which means he turned around and gave that authority to the church. So we got to ask ourselves, what are we doing? So you see, it's the church's fault for all the messes that things are going in. You guys all know that. That's the sad thing about it. But don't beat yourself up. We're all in the same boat. Amen. Thank you for your overwhelming response and responsibilities. It's so cool. Hallelujah. (laughs) And since he's given us authority, the problem is we never exercise our authority. And we've got to learn how to do that. We need to know what we have, what God has given unto us. Because see, the very first verse there over there in Ephesians chapter, well, three is he's blessed. So if we have all the spiritual blessings, then what are we doing with them? You know, the first thing he tells us, and here's the first thing he says in verse six of Ephesians one, he said, you've been accepted. Man, aren't you glad? But you know what? You've got to accept the acceptance. What do I mean by that? Well, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what did you get? Everything. You got a new life. Your spirit became alive unto God. And he gave you this new and living way, what we just read in Hebrews chapter. It's a new and living way that you can have boldness. Boldness. Isn't it amazing? That we say we're Christians and we cower down because people, oh, you're one of those, you're this, you're that. And it's like, whoa, you know, that's why I always say, and you're not. I can't believe you're not. You're walking around and don't have Jesus as your Lord. You're walking around all by yourself. You're in trouble. I don't have enough faith to be like you. I mean, I tell atheists all the time, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. I just don't. It's, that's dangerous. And people look at you like, well, no, because when you believe the word of God, you walk around, you go, hey, this is what God says. He is, we're accepted in this. We have this. He goes on to say in verse seven, we have redemption. I've been redeemed. I've been bought with a price. I'm no longer my own glory. I belong to God. I've got somebody that's taken care of me. I've got somebody that I belong to, that I answer to, that I love and I care. And he's the one that holds the whole world in his hand. And I can go to him and I can pray and I can talk to him, you know? I mean, what if you had, you know, you have a teenager and you make dinner and you put it in front of them and, and they sit down and it's got this thing and they got it and they sit there and they go, boy, that sure looked good. I wish I could have some. I wish I could do that. I wish I could eat that. You just slap them. <laughs> you went to all that work to fix it and you put it right down in front of them. And they're not picking up the fork. And that's what Christians do. God does everything. He's done all these things. And then we're praying, God, I wish I could have the guy. Because they want to stay babies. They say, God, feed me. <laughs> you know, if you're a baby, God, he does do good things. We feed our babies. But once they get big enough to feed themselves, you better eat it. It's right there if you don't like it too bad. <laughs> Amen. You know, I got in trouble several times with this particular phrase, but we you know you have people over you and, and, and they want to be nice. And I tell them, listen, this dessert's really good and I like it. So if you don't like it, you're not going to offend me if you don't eat it because I'm going to eat yours. <laughs> so don't like, if you don't, just if you don't like it, don't eat it because I want seconds tomorrow. <sighs> Amen. Don't be shy about it. 
People are always trying to be nice or do things, you know. Have you ever been to somebody's house and you, and you just made over what the dessert looked like and then you took a bite of it? Oh, my Jesus. I learned that very early as being a pastor. You get invited and there was one time there was a cake and it was, it was under this glass. It, looks, it just looked so beautiful. And then I said, man, that cake looks so great. Oh, man. And I got a big, and she, big old piece they gave me that cake and oh, it was awful. <laughs> It was made with no sugar. Oh my gosh. It was, it was serious. But I made such a big deal of that sucker, I had to eat two pieces. Oh, that cured me for life. Man, what a, what, what a lousy discovery. Mean, it was so beautiful, but boy, was it deceiving. See, we look at these things here, and that's what happens is, is that we don't take hold of the truths of the word of God because we think God's not going to be there when we step out. Yes. See, God gave us three words for me this year was boldness and influence and assurance, which was boldness to step out, influence to affect everybody around me, but the assurance that when I did step out, God would hold me up. And he's going to hold me up. And he does hold me up. And it's so cool in it. But here's the thing. You remember I said you can't exercise authority if you don't understand submission. But the wonderful thing about submission in Christ is just knowing who you are, what you have, and that you're okay with him, that you're in right standing with God. Your righteousness in Christ. And what 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, he who knew no sin was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness in Christ, the righteousness of God. Amen. So if we've been made righteous, we've been made, we were born into that when we got born again. And your righteousness is the platform from which you exercise everything in your life. The ability to submit to God knowing that God gave you the authority. I have the right because God said. Amen? Isn't that the wonderful thing about it? So we get God's word on the subject and it changes everything. Hallelujah. Because here's probably the one thing about the body of Christ. We're the body. Jesus is the head. But all of us have separated the head from the body. All of us have separated the head from the body because we're the body of Christ and he's the head, the Bible says. Paul likened us unto that. Jesus said those things there. And we see Jesus is the head of the church. He's in charge. But So we've separated our head from our body. We put Jesus here with his head and we put the body over here. Now how many of you know that you don't call your body one name and your head another? If you do, you probably aren't here. You're probably someplace and they've got you locked up and, you're, and they're trying to help you. I'm not, making, I'm not being mean or nasty. It's just usually that's what it. If you've, if you've got different personalities, different things, and you're talking to yourself differently, then that's a, that's a, that's some things happen. You know? How do you, but we have this tendency to think, okay, God, do this. God, do this. Just like we took an offering for, to get to places, to be something, to be tangible. Okay, and the reason we did is because we have this tendency to think, well, I'm praying for God to do something, and then God deals with our heart to do something, and we don't do it. Amen? See, because God can't do anything on the earth without the church. Amen? God uses us. Oh, I had, I had such a, one of the best things that happened this week that was a gentleman that, uh, um, you know, and I think I've told this story before, but anyways, uh, 
many years ago, and he's been, because he's been pastoring where he's at for 30 years now. They just celebrated their 30 year being pastor. But many years ago, uh, we, we were in class together in 1979, and so he went to another state, and, and then, of course, I went uh, to Pennsylvania and stuff. And so, anyways, uh, I had heard that uh, something happened in the ministry that he was at, and uh, so you know, he got her, he said, well, forget, I'm not going to be in the ministry, I'm going to go back, and he went back into secular work, him and his wife and everything, and I thought, man, that's just, you know, and I just thought, oh, so I just prayed for him, and thought, oh, no big deal. Well, God said, nope, you got to find him. How many of you know, before cell phones, before the internet, before everything else, uh, if you want to find somebody, you got to go find phone books, <laughs> and if they're, you're, I'm in Pennsylvania, and he moved back to Minnesota, and so I'm, you know, that it takes an incredible amount of effort to figure out if you're going to call every town in the state to find somebody. And God wouldn't leave me alone. So I called all the major cities in, in Minnesota looking for this guy, not knowing any, I knew his, his front first name and his last name, didn't know his middle name. Hallelujah. How many of that? And, and called every person by that name in the state of Minnesota. Because God wouldn't let me sleep. And at that time, uh, it just so happened that um, I was the, the regional director, like I said, for, for, for RMAI. And I called him up and said, hey, are you such and such? And he finally got a hold of me. He says, yeah, who's this? I said, well, you don't know me, but <laughs> we didn't. And then I kind of, this is how we, oh, I remember you. Because you know, he played on the maroon team, uh, flag football, and I played on the green team. And the only cool thing about that is I had a big old afro then, so I was called Dandelion. Okay, so that's what I looked like, bouncing as I go. So, hey, I was a 70s guy. I had long hair, but so instead of cutting it, we, we permed it so it'd go up. It was cool. Thank God we don't have pictures of that. Hallelujah. So don't go on the internet. You ain't going to find any. Anyways, anyways, and I said, God's not through with you. God's not, and he, and he goes, no, 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 we're not, no, we're not, we're done. And I said, no, 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 God's not through with you. I said, listen, I've got a church here in the middle of Pennsylvania that needs a pastor, and you need to come, and I'll put you in there, and this is what we're going to do, because they need you, and you need them. To make a long story short, we brought them out there, got them in there, did everything, it was there for three years, great healing, great things, went back to St. Cloud, Minnesota, Started his church there. He has 1,000 to 1,500, 2,000 people. He is just, he's been rocking and doing. He's been affecting the whole state. And God is doing really cool things with him. And he was there this week. We finally met back together after uh, 29 years. We hadn't seen each other. And it was such a joy just to say, hey. And he's so sweet. And we're like, hey, I was like, hey, you're still alive. No, I knew he was because I, I follow you know, what was going on. And I don't say that to brag on me because I say that to brag on God that when, when you do things and when you understand about still talking about our authority and I thinking, well, how can I make a difference? Listen, God wants to speak to you because he wants to get you in contact so that God can do great things through other folks. Amen? But see, when you understand we're talking about the head and the body. We're the body. Glory to God. Listen, we're the hands and feet. We're we're going to do when God says He wants to do something. Guess who He's going to use? You and me. That's what God does. God does His body. That's what He wants to. He wants us to give it. Wants us to take hold of it. Hallelujah. You know. And and if here's the thing too. If if we'll let our righteousness 
that God is producing, then we'll actually operate God's authority and we'll do the works of Jesus and we'll become as bold as lion. We'll become our boldness will come out. We have to be bold. We took a bold stand as Harvest Bible Church. You guys know that, right? We took an incredible, that, that was heard around the world because we were here, because we're in, a, in, a, in an interesting state. And so we are. And so to do what we've done and God's done, and, and I am bragging on you. I'm bragging on everybody that's because of what God said and did. And thank God for that. You took a stand and God said that. Now we have to continue to take a stand. And we've got to learn that, listen, God's not through with us yet. We're going to be the brightest and the biggest and the best. And when I say that, the church universal is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter, the Bible says. It's going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And it's going to get bolder and bolder and bolder. Amen. Bolder and bolder and bolder. It has to. It has to. We have to stand to what God's saying and doing and God's going to do it. Hallelujah. Amen. See, they, Satan is like a roaring lion. We're going to wind this thing up. I got way too much going on inside of me. But uh, like I said, you can blame my wife on this one, okay? And, uh, anyways, if you like it or you hate it, it doesn't matter. Give her the, give her the credit. I, I just put it together. <laughs> when we realize that the authority that belonged to Jesus, that he in turn gave us that same authority, because he put his spirit on the inside of it. If that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you and I. Amen. That same authority. Why? Because Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 12. He said the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do. Why? Because I'm going to go unto my father. I'm going to represent you before the father. I'm going to be there. And I've given you my authority. I've given you my spirit. I want you to go and I want you to make disciples. I want you to go and preach the gospel. I want to, you know, just live big through you through the Holy Spirit and let God be God through you you know Colossians says that we've been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son thank God we've been delivered hallelujah and it says we were delivered out of the power of darkness it's so amazing that what we do and think that Satan has this great power listen Satan doesn't have great power God has God's far greater. The Bible says Satan was kicked out of the kingdom, kicked out of heaven by the finger of God. Just think if God would have slapped him. I'd think, God, if you hadn't just used your finger, if you'd have slapped him, he would have never been around. We wouldn't have had to deal with any of this stuff. But you just got to flick him out with your finger. And so we know that he was kicked out and kicked into earth and, and doing all the things that are taking place. But then Jesus came and turned it around for you and for me. Hallelujah. And so we've got to exercise our, we've got to rise up and say, no, no. As long as the church is here, we have authority. Hallelujah. And we've got to start talking words of life. And we got to, when we pray, we've got to pray in faith. We're believing. Now, I'm believing. I am believing. You know, they're talking right now. The president of Ukraine and, 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 and of, of Russia, they're talking without any kind of things, but they're coming together to talk. And I believe. They're going to have to deal with things and that God's going to intervene. Because the Bible says that, you know, the heart of the king's in the hand of the father, hand of God. So we're going to believe God can do that. God can take this and God can, God can move, you know. I mean, I've seen God take the tongues of people, literally their physical tongue, and talk through them. And, uh, and do things, literally, and them say things and do stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, who said that? And, but everybody else heard them, and so they couldn't take it back. Amen. I've seen that happen. 
God can do that and he can be on national news. And, and so all the world hears what's being said. Amen. God can amplify things. See, but we as the church, we as the church, listen, if the word of God says it, then we can have it and we can exercise our authority. If we're praying about other people or we're praying for things there, we need to pray. How do we need to intercede? We need to take hold. We need to believe. But for ourselves, let's take authority. And then if God says and speaks into you that you can, then let's take our rightful place and let's pray powerfully. And let's not let the devil get any foothold in us. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I I just trust that this made sense this morning. I trust that we understand that you have given Jesus all authority, who in turn gave his authority to the church, gave his authority to us, so that we can exercise that authority on the earth. But Father, also, Jesus told us that we can ask the Father in his name and that you would do it. That we could come before you. In fact, he made a way. He said in John chapter 16, he said, up till now, you've not asked the Father anything. But he says, now you can ask the Father in my name and he'll do it. So we thank you for that incredible matchless name of Jesus. That incredible matchless name of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you that Jesus died for the whole world. And Father, thank you for the church. Thank you for Harvest Bible Church that's a part of the church. Father, thank you for your hand upon us. And Lord, we declare and I declare as the pastor of this church that we are going to rise up in authority and we are going to take authority over the enemy. We are going to allow you, Father God, hallelujah, to be God in our lives. And so Lord, thank you that no matter what the enemy tries, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. He's a defeated foe. He's a defeated foe. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, thank you for that. But, Father, with our eyes closed and we're just bound, we're in reverence towards you. Thank you, Father, for each and every one that's here. God, you loved us so much that you sent your son, but you sent him for one purpose, that we might have life, that we might accept him as our Lord and our Savior. So if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I know I shared to the body of Christ today about who they are and what they have. But Father, if there's somebody, they, they want what you have for their lives. They want to be, make Jesus the Lord of their life. Or Father, if there's somebody here, they, they, they've come this morning, but they, they know their relationship with God is not right. And they need to come back to the Lord. They need to come. They're like the prodigal son. They found out they've come to themselves. They're like, I need to come back. And I need to, to ask God to forgive me. I need to come back. Hallelujah. And let God bring me back. So if you're here under any one of those two things and you'd want me to pray for you, just raise your hand real high so I can see it, so I can pray. I, we want to do that. You know, those of you watching, if anybody watches this, You know, the way that you make Jesus the Lord of your life is just believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Sounds so simple, but when you really do that with your heart, something happens. You get changed into a new creature. Hallelujah. And God, hallelujah, just takes you from death and he takes you to life. And now, Lord, I pray for Harvest Bible Church. Thank you, Father, for these wonderful, wonderful folks. Thank you, Father, that as we learn and as we go out, you're sending us out into this world. Hallelujah. But you're sending us out to be bold. And you're sending us out to have influence. And Father, you've given us the assurance that you'll stand with us. That your word cannot fail. 
And so, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, Father, for your divine protection. Thank you for your divine guidance. Lord, we honor you for it now. And, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen.